you know, I'll, I'll write emails and then not write any to my list for a while, and I'll get, you know, several people emailing me saying, hey, when are you going to email your list again? I, I haven't heard anything in a while. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy, and it's time for episode 86 of the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, where you'll discover how to make money every time you send your list. And really what this is about is, is, I mean, it's not just email. Okay, What I've realized is that anyone who's doing email marketing is really just doing marketing. And they're in the business of getting more customers. So that's why they're here. So that's why you're here. Is I mean, it's not just about email. It's about getting more customers with less time, with less energy spent, with less money spent, so you can make more money, make more profit, and uh, do whatever you wish to do with that. Now, today, I'll be talking to Matt Trainer. Now, Matt's a very interesting character. He was recommended to me by uh, one other guy, Dan Meredith, actually, which you might have seen me do the videos with him on the Titans conference. And anyway, Matt came, Matt was a recommendation from Dan, and I wasn't really aware of who Matt was or what he did, and it turns out this guy has just done a whole bunch of interesting stuff, including he wrote copy for Frank Kern's first launch. Okay, so he's where, I mean, he started, you know, I don't know if that was his first job, but... Uh, he did some, you know, he's done some crazy stuff like that. He's re- written copy for some of the biggest guys in the industry. He's got a bunch of his own stuff going on, including an SEO, you know, a huge SEO company. And, uh, you know, so we jumped on the phone and, and talked about email copywriting because it turns out email copywriting is his passion. And uh, so what I got him to talk about and wanted to divulge was some of the mistakes that people make when they're, when they're doing their emails and some of the opportunities that are available, especially in the corporate world, to do better email marketing. So this is a great episode for any consultants, uh, anyone who's sort of working with clients, a freelancer and wants to step up their game and work with bigger clients. But it's also a great episode for anyone who wants to just get more uh, from their email list. So yeah, to get the show notes for this episode of the Email Marketing Podcast, go to themcmethod.com slash 86. Now this week's McMaster's Insight of the Week is a very interesting, I like this one, this is a great topic. Here's the thing, passion versus get really good at something. The reason I mention this is a couple of days ago I had lunch with a friend here in Thailand and he's in this sort of tricky situation where he loves surfing, really, really loves surfing, okay, but he also wants to do business. So he's in this sort of catch-22, he's like, well, do I go and just focus 100% on business or do I surf? I mean, I can't do both because he was recently uh, you know, living down by the beach and he said he didn't get any work, you know, he got a little bit of work done, but it was a bit hard, a bit difficult to focus on getting better at surfing and getting better at business. And what I tried to explain to him over lunch was that you kind of got to get to a point where, I mean, wait, wait, sorry, what, just to step back, he, he went on about a lot how he wanted to do something that he loved. He couldn't do something that he wasn't passionate about. And that's a challenge. I felt like that. I think anyone who's, who's gotten into business, gotten into the online game, feels a bit like, yeah, they, they want to do something that they're passionate about. And that's great. Yeah, that's a, it's a very, it's definitely something to keep in mind. But there's an interesting, uh, I guess, a philosophical question here or, or a, an issue that you might want to think about if this, is, uh, if this sounds a bit like you. And this is thinking about like passion. Like what if you gave up the idea of needing to do something you were passionate about and decided you, you were just going to become really, really good at something and then the passion was going to come along after the fact? Because there's something interesting happens. When you go and get really good at something, you start to enjoy it. But I, and I think that, you know, I found for myself, the more I try and seek out that, oh, I just want to do what I'm passionate about and I'm going to refuse to do what I'm not passionate about, that doesn't actually help me move towards the life where I'm doing something that I'm passionate about, okay? It's sort of like when you focus on trying to live a happy life, life's really not that happy. You know, when you, you know it's kind of like life's easy, life's hard 
when you try to live it the easy way. Life's easy when you live it the hard way. It's very much like that. If you want to find the passion, really enjoy what you do, I think you have to really get good at something, and the passion will come. And so for my friend at this lunch, I was trying to explain that surfing, I mean, are you really going to care that much about that in five years, ten years' time? I'm not saying stop surfing. I'm saying put it to the side for a bit. And instead of trying to become an elite level surfer, which I think he, he sort of wants to get to that level, business is going to be a much longer term thing. You really got to think about in five years' time, 10 years' time, 20 years' time, what's 2000, you know, 2040 you, what's you in uh, 2040 going to think about what you're doing today? Is he, is he or she going to be thinking, man, you should have worked harder? Or is he going to think, well, you should have gone surfing? That's a question you have to answer for yourself. So anyway, the reason I bring this up is because uh, we've been talking about this with a few people. And it's a big issue. It's a big issue. And really something you've got to resolve for yourself. And I feel like I'm starting to resolve that for me. And what I realized for me, just to be sort of be a bit, a bit honest here, is that you know, sometimes I do find it, find it hard to get, you know, go to work. I'm thinking, man, here I am in Thailand. And I want to go and I'm, I'm working in a coffee shop, for example, saying, you know, I'm like, well, I, man, I don't really want to be here. I want to be riding a motorcycle or I want to be traveling. I read that four-hour work week book and well, what am I doing here in this coffee shop? And the more I thought like that, obviously, the more depressed I got and I just really, you know, wasn't happy. I was always in conflict. And something I've realized for myself rec- recently, and this is just through a lot of thinking and a lot of just taking time to, to, to figure this out for myself was that I just love to get in the ring and take some swings. I love to work and it's not, it's not so much about getting to a specific destination, though that's part of it. It's, it's very much about just, man, just getting up and doing something every day. Get, you know, my passion, I think in many ways, is to, is to be growing and to be going somewhere and to be just doing stuff that's exciting. Obviously, it's great to get somewhere, but it's, it's this classic cliche of it's about the journey, not the destination. So anyway, that's today's McMaster's Insight of the Week. I hope this wasn't too much rambling. This is a topic I'm very passionate about. Anyway, if you have questions about this, I love to talk about this. So shoot me an email if you want, john at themcmethod.com. Anyway, if you want to hear more about McMaster's, McMaster's is a private training community I've got. There is a forum where you can talk to me, talk to the other members, get advice. It's really about getting more customers, making more money from them, all that stuff. There's training stuff in there. More details at themcmethod.com slash McMaster's. Now, that's it for now. Let's get into this interview with Mr. Matt Trainer. It's John McIntyre here, the order responder guy. I'm here with uh, Matt Trainer. Now, Matt Trainer is uh, the Marketing Moron. Well, that's his website, themarketingmoron.com. Now, I was introduced to Matt. Actually, well, we met actually a while back. He signed up to the list and uh, we chatted a bit. And then he recently got introduced by a friend of mine, Dan Meredith, who you might have seen in uh, the latest Titans of Direct Response wrap-up videos. And um, I think Dan was saying, man, you got to get this guy on the podcast. He is a boss. So I sent him an email and told him to get on the podcast and here we are. So we're going to talk about some of what he's up to, which uh, is uh, a lot of stuff. We're just chatting about it. So Matt, how you doing, man? I'm awesome, man. How you doing? Pretty fantastic. Pretty good. Uh, so before we... Before we talk about some of the content, exactly, we're going to talk about email copywriting. You said it was your passion. It's how you make the most money, and that's really what's um, some of that's what's working for you the best. But before we get in, we talk about how you know how you do that, what's working, all that stuff. But before we do that, can you give the listener sort of a bit of a background on uh, on who you are, what you do? Yeah, sell yourself, man. This is the time to. do it. I know you said it's not really a thing to to toot your own horn, but but this is the time to do it. Yeah, I don't. Re- I'm not good at it. Um, I've done a lot of stuff. I, I started in marketing. I even knew that's what I was doing back in 98, 99, and back then I was just trying to get people's eyeballs and stuff and started doing something that later became uh, uh, search engine optimization, SEO. I didn't, you know, there wasn't a name for it then. It was just, you know, hacking stuff, basically. <laughs> and uh, 
through the years got a pretty good reputation for uh, building really high quality websites and then ended up being sort of a go-to person in uh, Hollywood for television and a lot of television shows and celebrity websites. So I uh, I built Paris Hilton's first website. I built DrPhil.com. I built MTV.com back in 2004. did uh, World Poker Tours websites. A lot of big name people. You know, back in the day, ever, uh, website development was a really big expensive thing, you know, when I could charge hundreds of thousands of dollars for a website. And then uh, as that business became commoditized and dried up the really big money, um, I met Frank Kern down in uh, Orlando at an event at the bar of all places. And uh, I really had no idea who he was, but uh, we got to talk about stuff and he heard about all the celebrity websites I've done and liked my work. And uh, he really drug me into uh, the internet marketing world. And I just happened to live not too far down the road from him. And uh, he convinced me to move to La Jolla, California. And um, I lived there as his next door neighbor for about six years, I guess. And uh, so wow. through that, what's, what's it like him- having Frank Kern as your neighbor? <laughs> it's crazy. Man. <laughs> He's an interesting dude, man. Yeah. And I mean, I owe a lot to him because he really put me into the whole internet marketing world in a in a big way. Yeah, it was quite interesting seeing all the people that come and go, you know. And then I helped helped him with all of his, you know, back in the day with uh, Mass Control launch, Mass Control One, Mass Control Two, and then List Control and all that stuff, mm. you know. I was the one that did a lot of the website management and uh, all that kind of stuff. Helped him with the back end systems and. And that sort of uh, put me on the map, and uh, from there, I mean, I've shoot, I've done it all. I have uh, very had a very large uh, PPC management company for a while. Had a, me- a media buy company for a while. Um, just got sick of the client business. Uh, grew my SEO. SEO company up to a very large company that does uh, very, very big numbers for Fortune 100 companies doing lead gen for them. Um, that's a cool business and everything, but it's boring as shit. So um, I really enjoy email. And through the years, I've watched Frank. He wrote email copy. And uh, Frank got a hold of a, a book that I wrote a while back. And he said, man, you should write email copy because he said I was a good storyteller. So um he taught me a little bit about how to shorten up my copy, and um, and then over the years, I just got really good at it. It made sense to me. So uh, I enjoy email writing more than anything, even though I have several successful businesses. it's uh, I just like it. It's my creative outlet, basically. So, nice, man. Um, yeah, got a lot of stuff going on here, and then, you know, kind of, I hate to be like the jack of all trades, but that's me. So. Well, what they say, I mean, you want to be like a, a successful guy in business, you really got to be the generalist. Not the, uh, yeah. the not the technician, you know. Hire hire all those people who are good at one thing, but then be the jack of all trades. So you can tell them what to do. Yeah, so I can tell them how much they all suck and how much they've got to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. So let's talk about email. And you mentioned that uh, email is making you the most money. That that's what's really working for you. So tell me about that. What's what's the? Yeah, I mean, how 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 are we using email to make money, and, and why is it working so well? Um, it works well for me just because I'm really really raw. Um, I mean, I tell some really gut-wrenching stories that are 100% true, you know, and I mostly dive into my failures more than anything, and um, people just love it, and I, I, I just have a knack for telling stories, um, and I just, I, I like being able to be open and honest and, you know, very, very raw. <laughs> you know, sometimes I piss a lot of people off. Sometimes, you know, people love it. But, you know, no matter what, people read them, read my emails. And I get uh, very, very high open rates compared to most of the industry. And, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll write emails and then not write any to my list for a while. And I'll get, you know, 
several people emailing me saying, hey, when are you going to email your list again? I, I haven't heard anything from you in a while. Mm. And to me, that just tells me I'm doing it the right way because I don't know if anybody else gets that, but uh, uh, I think it's a pretty rare thing that you actually get emails from people requesting more email from you. <laughs> and they know it's you just emailing the list. That's the, that's the funny part. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you're the autoresponder guy, and I've not been. Uh, I've not been very good with autoresponders. It just doesn't suit my style. So pretty much every email I do, well, every email I do is a broadcast now, uh, yeah. just a one-off broadcast. And uh, just because my stuff is, uh, you know, I see something in the news or something on TV, or something current, or something in my own life that I just screwed up on really badly, and then so I try to make a lesson out of it, you know, and it's all very current. So I've not found a, a solid way to do that with autoresponders yet. I'm sure it's possible, but I just haven't done it. So. And one, one challenge I've had with it is because I go, the whole reason I didn't do the broadcast thing that you're doing, a lot of people are doing, is that I just wanted to be able to like turn, you know, take off for two months and, and have emails keep going out. And I thought, why, why would I, you know, why write emails and just send them once when I can just keep sending them over again? But then the, the downside of that is now, if I have a broad, because I, I have like a, I'll have a cool idea or something that I want to email everyone about. And I don't just want to email the people who finished the autoresponder because then I'd miss a whole bunch of people who are in the middle of it. So then what ends up yeah. happening is I end up emailing, some people get two emails in a day, sometimes three if, if I go a little bit crazy. And uh, so they'll get the broadcast, which is, you know, some sto timely story that's just happened and they'll get the autoresponder email. And uh, I don't, I've never had anyone really complain about it so much as just say, well, does this actually work for you? <laughs> people, are, <laughs> people are surprised. They don't, like they use the daily emails, so then they assume well, John sends a lot of emails. And when I send two, instead of complaining, they're just a bit like, "Whoa! Like if if you're doing daily and it works, maybe I should send two emails a day." So, but then, <laughs> I think it does piss some people off. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. It's just I don't know. I, I for some reason I just I'd rather be a little bit more mysterious. For some reason, maybe it's an ego thing, or something, other than try to put together autoresponders. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, is, this, is this just for your main site? So someone goes to the marketingmoron.com, reads your blog or the different content you've got on there and signs up to that list? Or are you using this in different sales funnels that you've built? Yeah, that, I'm, I'm referring just to my main marketing list from the Marketing Moron. On my other businesses, you know, I have a health supplement company too that we do really well. And we do have autoresponders in that. It's just they're, you know, they're way less personal and way less story than what I'm talking about. So it's funny because in my, uh, my regular quote-unquote regular businesses I do use autoresponders because I don't I don't really like those businesses I don't want to babysit them so yeah. uh, but for marketing I'm really passionate about it and for some reason um, the uh, just autoresponders in that it just doesn't feel passionate to me you know I yeah. treat it as an art form or anything which might sound weird but oh, it's good fun I mean there are times and I go through stages personally like I have a day when you know a couple days when well I'll get through like a, maybe a stage probably more like a few weeks or a month or something where I just love writing emails and I'm you know like I look forward that's one of the highlights of the day waking up in the morning and um, having like a I guess a creative think about what, what crazy thing could I write about today and make it into an email but then other times it's just going through the motions and yeah. uh, it's not a passion it's not that exciting but it's just like well I know this is good for the business and I know this is part of building the list so well, I'll do it, but um, yeah. So do you find you use a different strategy if you're like with a, it sounds like you do with a supplement company you're going to use autoresponders, but with you know your personal brands you're just using you. That's where the art form comes in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what, so what would you suggest? I mean, the emails out there. You've said you've seen like you, you follow people who are good at email, but you said there's a lot of people who aren't like there's a lot of basically shitty emails out there and you know bad <laughs> email marketers out there. So what? What do you think that they're doing wrong that someone listening to this could sort of learn from and um, use to improve their own emails? Well, the best thing, the best explanation I've ever heard of of that is by Ben Settle, and he said uh, people treat their 
Wait, who was it? Him that said it? Um, maybe it was me that said it. <laughs> <laughs> Quoting yourself. Uh, maybe it was. I can't remember. I, I, I don't want to like, come off if it was my original idea if I heard it somewhere. So just in case it was somebody's idea, uh, I think I might have heard it from Ben Settle. But I think I, now I think about it, it might have been my idea. But I, I've been teaching for a while that uh, in general, Internet marketers treat their email list like an infomercial. And, you know, uh, it's just hype, 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 bye, 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 you know. And, you know, I don't recall anybody wanting to stay up at night to catch the next uh, infomercial, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's no engagement there. And um, it, it obviously works, but, man, there's a much deeper way to do it. So that model of just hype, 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 you know, here's the next video. Check out this new video. If I ever see another email, it, it, that's whenever I get off somebody's list. If I see a subject line that says check out the video, I immediately unsubscribe because that's just lame. So, um for me, it's all about really more about engagement and being interesting. I, I pride myself having very, very interesting subject lines that mm. no matter what, you're going to open it. You may not like what you read, but you're sure as shit going to open it. Yeah. So I just think everybody just is, is lazy and not very creative. Yeah, I mean, there's an element here where... You know, there's a there's a launch going off right now. I think it's Ryan Dice. It'll be over by the time this this podcast goes live. But there's um yeah, there's a launch. So everyone's mailing for this for this product. And what's funny is, you know, a couple of years ago, before I'd you know sort of gotten into this, I would have looked at those emails and thought, why, you know, why are these emails good? Really try to deconstruct them. And now I've had, you know, got some experience and spoken to a, a few guys who've got a lot more experience than I have. I look at a lot of those emails and they're really pretty average. Like they're not, they're not yeah. bad emails, but most of them are pretty damn average. They're not copywriters. Uh, and, right. they, and it looks like they've just sort of jumped into Aweber or Infusionsoft or whatever they are and just sort of banged something out really quickly. It may, you know, it's made me realize that a lot of these guys, it's, it's the, you know, a lot of these products depend on JVs. They don't depend on good copy. So you've really got to be careful. You know, a lot of people might get into that thing where they think, you know, I can just do what the guru is doing and, you know, I'll make money. But no, it's not as simple as that. If you don't have those JV relationships, well, no, you can't do that. You're going to have to start to, you know, differentiate by having good copy. That's a good point, yeah, because a lot of those guys count on their JVs being good copywriters, and the you know their quote unquote white copy they send is usually crap. I mean, you never see a good copy from any of these launches that's worth a shit. It's always that same hype, hype, hype stuff. Exactly. You know? It's like they're just churning out. Even like, I mean, you get a sales letter that's halfway decent, but you give it to like, you know, you get five JV partners who have, you know, they've got incredible relationships with their list. It doesn't matter what the sales letter is like. It could be a crappy sales letter, but because the guy who's emailing, emailing his list has, you know, great rapport with that list, they're just going to buy it because you told them to buy it. Right, exactly. Yep. So it's, it's kind of like, there's a lot of this like hoorah in, uh, I guess, the internet marketing world where it's sort of hard to see until you get behind the scenes, it's very hard to see how behind the scenes actually works. Yep. <laughs> That's why I've been lucky because I've been behind the scenes at a lot of big businesses, and including big corporate America stuff too. And man, you want to talk about uh, incompetent. Jeez. I mean, internet marketers are one thing, but at least internet marketers are trying to learn direct response. Man, corporate America, you know, corporate around the world, they're just terrible with what they do. Yeah, yeah. I've had so many, I do a lot of corporate consulting and, uh, you know, I charge a hell of a lot of money for corporate consulting, but, you know, 90% of the time plus, I craft one email and have them mail it to my list and they make like 10 times back what my consulting fee was just because they suck so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, of course, they don't ever follow up and do what I told them to do, so. 
<laughs> crazy. It's kind of funny, man. Like it's it's when you go out, like I remember back when I had a job. It's easy to kind of look at the, the guys who own these companies, whether it's corporates or small time entrepreneurs, that sort of thing. And uh, it's sometimes just you know you think they've got it all figured out. The business is just perfectly. It's a perfectly oiled machine, and everything just works. And then you kind of get into it, and you realize that. They're just as bad as everyone. Like, there's so much stuff that doesn't happen that should happen. It's yeah, messy. It's this, oh. <laughs> yes, this is my favorite story I tell about my corporate consulting. So I went in um, and looked at this company. It was exactly what you're saying. Their website, super slick. You know, it was all Ajax ran and, like, they did cool stuff whenever you signed up and registered. So I thought I was going to come into a very sophisticated company because they obviously had worked on their funnel, you know. Mm. But then I got in there and I found out that their entire list, which was like three million people or something, was all in a spreadsheet. And they they never mailed the list ever, not once. And Damn. so I asked them why why they never email their list, and they and uh, because they were collecting on the the, the homepage, and uh, they said, well, if they came to our site and put in their email and then looked at what we had and didn't buy it, then they don't want it, right? <laughs> so what they're saying is they sent that so they had them opt in and email them a coupon code or whatever to buy the product and that was it and if they didn't buy right then they figured the customer wasn't interested <laughs> so what'd you do man how, how did you fix this problem for them <laughs> oh I, I got i set up an eye contact account with them imported their list mailed it and they made like 300 grand in one email Nice, man. So what happens, like, in that situation, you know, they say that they've got a coupon code and, and they're like, well, people probably just aren't that interested in this. And when you when you approach that problem, you think, well, i got to write an email for them that's, that's going to get them better results. How do you approach that? What sort of email do you write for them? Uh, that one was real simple. It just, it was, uh, I just wrote, told a little story about, uh, well, the, the site that the company I was working with is an online tutoring company and their, their main push, so they do... Uh, Everything from math tutoring to to guitar lessons and that kind of thing. So, I just sent them an email that said, uh, "Hey, we, we uh, haven't heard from you in a while, and wanted to see if you wanted to check out our our services again." Something really, really basic, and just told a little bit of a story about how one of our students, one of the students, had done well with his guitar lessons, you know, and. Uh, had impressed his teachers at school. Basically, it was it was really really short. It's only like you know two three really really short paragraphs hmm. and just killed it like nice, 80 some percent open rate yeah 80 percent yeah this is a while ago i think it was well over 80 percent maybe an 85 percent yeah 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 just because these people had never heard from you guys yeah they'd never opened they'd never emailed them except well they emailed them one time after they opted in that was it that's crazy, man. That's crazy. It makes you wonder how much of this stuff's out there. You get companies that have these lists that have these uh, massively underutilized, uh, you know, assets that just don't do anything with it. Oh, it's huge. Anybody that's good at email copy could, should definitely be trying to get corporate consulting gigs because, from all of my experience, I've worked with a lot of really big companies, and they all have the exact same problem. They have zero clue how to email their lists. They typically think that they're supposed to send out these goofy HTML newsletters, you know, they're supposed to be all fancy designed and all that shit. You know, and the content sucks and, um, you know, they're using some crappy articles that they put in them and it's terrible. That's 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 what they think it's supposed to be, be you know, and uh, I've, I've never come across a, a, a gig in a corporate consulting world that they knew what they were doing with this stuff. Right. It's, so it's a massive opportunity for business for sure. I mean, so if there's someone listening to this, I reckon what they're going to want to know is, number one, how much can you charge a consulting client like that? 
And number two, how do you even find or get a consulting client like that? Because it's almost like you, I mean, maybe you can, but my first thought is it's a bit hard. You can't just email the CEO and be like, hey, man, can I write an email for you? Uh, what I what I do, um, I mean, I, get, I have a lot of contacts, obviously, so I get people seeking out me. But if I was going to start over, I had nothing else, no contacts or anything, I'd just go on LinkedIn and start writing really creative emails to people. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Tell a cool story in an email and get them to actually uh, take action on an email you sent them. And that's that would be enough right there. And, dude, it, you can charge a hell of a lot of money. I usually charge ten grand up front plus a percentage of whatever the uh, revenue that comes in from it. So, so if, they, if they decide to engage you and you – so you're saying they're like, all right, you send them an email. You got them interested. Like, all right, let's do this. Give us an email. You're like, all right, it's ten grand plus five percent of the, the gross profit or something like that. Yeah, yep. I usually get between ten and fifteen percent gross. Ten or fifteen percent of the gross profit, right? That's so before they. No gross, gross revenue. Gross not revenue. Profit. Because you don't want to go by profit because you don't have any idea what their right. profit margin is, and you got to dig into the books and see what really profit is. <laughs> so it doesn't. It makes it really complicated to figure that out. Right, right. And one so, thing I'm always curious about in this situation is if you go like you say you do fifteen percent of this gross revenue, and they're like, all right, we did three. I mean, obviously, let's say they did three hundred grand in sales. You're like, well. In that case, for example, you might say, "All right, well, that's a forty-five thousand dollar, you know, commission." Do you do you email them? I had another guy I know, a friend of mine, who does similar stuff to this, and his thing is he calls them up after a month or two after the email's gone out and says, "All right, well, how many sales you make?" They tell me, he goes, "All right, cool, that's uh, that's you know forty-five thousand dollars. I'll send you an invoice." And they're like, "Cool." Is that how you? How, I mean, how do you make someone make sure someone pays you the uh, whatever the commission is? Uh, I usually set up. I, do, I have a little, little like one-page contract that I do with them. It's really short and simple. It's just an MOU, uh, which is a memorandum of understanding. It's not any sort of detailed contract or anything, but it lays out those stipulations really short and quick. Mm. And they sign up and send me money. And if if they uh, if they don't sign it, then I just don't do the work. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've never had an issue when you're working with corporate America. You know, they, they take sometimes it takes some time to get paid because they're not exactly fast. But I've never not been by big companies. Interesting, man. And you saying you could do this for so one email? You say you you write one email for them and they'll pay ten grand plus the commission for it. Well, that was a unique case. I mean, I ended up doing a whole lot of consulting for them after that, you know, and I still work with that company quite a bit with their SEO and all kinds of things, but that was just the one deal. But, you know, I, I, I sent them through my own email marketing training, and now they have a staff that does email marketing. They're, they still kind of suck at it, but they're doing much better than they used to do. So. I can imagine, man. That's cool. That's cool. What, uh, are there any other war stories, man? What, what are some other, any other cool stuff that you've done like that along those lines with emails and corporates or emails and gurus or... Oh man, I have a ton of stuff. Um, I've got a bunch of bad stories, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Tell give me, give me one of these bad ones, man. It's probably a, a cautionary tale at the very least. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I've learned over the years is, if you, especially when you're getting ready to do a broadcast, or even when you're setting up a, 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 a an autoresponder, an individual email in your sequence, always send a preview email from the system that's going to be mailing it. Because, man, I've seen so many times when it goes out funky, you know, or you accidentally put some HTML in there when you're trying to do just plain text. And um, it can cause some serious, serious issues for a really, really horrible example that happened. It's been a long time ago, and and, uh, Infusionsoft has since fixed their system. But we sent out a broadcast email to our list one time through Infusionsoft, and there was one little character, hidden character, that was some goofy HTML code that we couldn't see. Plain, it's supposed to be plain text email. Hmm. But what happened was, of course, we didn't send a preview to see what it was because we figured, oh, it's just plain text. It's going to be fine. 
So we mailed the entire list of like, I don't know, seven, eight hundred thousand people. And all that was sent in the list, it was completely, completely blank email with nothing but a unsubscribe link. So, yeah, horrible. Horrible, horrible. So, you know, everybody loves clicking on stuff in email, so the massive unsubscribe is on the list. Really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always send a preview email. Check what it's going to look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've had that problem before. I mean, nothing that bad, but sometimes you think the email looks fine, the links are going to work, that sort of thing. But if you send a test out, sometimes the links are 404 errors because you've got a, like an extra character in there, so like, it's not even going to work. Like Stuff like that, little stuff that's right. worth checking. But after you've done it for a couple emails, it's the sort of thing, I know me anyway, uh, I'm just like, all right, whatever, just send it out. Instead of like it's 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 a uh, it's it's difficult to really be that guy who goes sends a test checks it clicks on the links and really reviews it. Yeah. Especially if like when you get like a fast move like an you know an entrepreneur or someone who's really trying to hustle, they're usually the sort of person who just wants to get stuff done and throw you know th- throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And that's not the sort of person who's going to check the email before it goes out. Yeah, and I'm typically that guy too, believe me. But man, I've just been burned so many times with that now, so I'm super paranoid. <laughs> yeah. 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 What else, man? What's uh, we probably got time for one more? What's another big mistake that people have made? Um, another big mistake I see all the time um, is not putting something in an email to click on. Um, you gotta. Yeah, I mean, I understand some people like to do story-based emails, and especially with Andre's training, um, you know, a lot of people doing serialized emails. You know, and most people do it badly, but uh, at least they're trying. The, the biggest thing I see a lot. People trying to say something like, hey, I got this thing coming, wait for tomorrow, and that's it. Hmm. You know, that's great and all. You can do open loops and build some curiosity, but people want to click on stuff. Give them something to click on. Hmm. So um, I've learned over the years, just, man, always try to monetize with something, even just if it's just in the PS and complete. You take a hard right turn on a completely different subject in a PS and give them something to click on, even if it's a cool music video or some crazy cat video or something, you know, mm. just so you can get them used to clicking in your emails. Absolutely. And there's also, you know, I found with mine, I remember speaking to, um, I think it was uh, Zach, I think his name's Zach. One of the guys from Office Autopilot, the Postmaster. This is a, that's like a fancy name for the guy who does the deliverability. And yeah. um, he was saying that if you can get two replies to your email, you pretty much straight into the inbox. Uh, in stuff like, so if you can get someone to click a link, all these like little engagement triggers as well. So you also, I mean, in that person's brain, if they click a link one day, they're more likely to click one the next day. But also to Google and Yahoo and you know the email providers, if people are clicking links in your emails, they're thinking, well, these emails must be pretty important. We better make sure that this person keeps getting it and it doesn't go to spam. So Right. Yeah, I figured that out a while ago. So that's why I built this automated bot that always went and opened up all my emails and clicked on them. <laughs> so really? So my delivery would always be good. Yeah, well, they found out about that and they didn't, they didn't like it. So. Who's, who's I don't they? recommend it. That's Google. Google and Yahoo. Yeah, because we're doing it in mass, mass volume. You know, I used to be a very large bulk emailer. And uh, yeah, I don't recommend that. <laughs> it was cool for a little bit, but uh, yeah, they didn't like it. Interesting, man. That's cool. That's smart. But they didn't like it, huh? That's no good. All right, dude. Well, we're right on time. But before we go, if uh, if the listener wants to find out more about you, maybe send you an email, maybe buy one of your products, or maybe just join your list. I know you uh, you sign them on there now. So subscribing saves kittens. Long story. I'll explain later. So, yeah, the great thing about that is I never, ever explain later. <laughs> I've, had, I've had this conversation with people before. They talk about open loops. And I've... 
because I've done this in sales letters or emails before. You open a loop, you just never close it. So just it's just. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's. I don't know if I'd say that's unethical. It's a bit. It's a bit. It's a bit annoying. It's a bit. It's a bit exasperating because <laughs> you're just playing with someone's brain psychology. But yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> people forget about it. You can mention something like um, like the classic VSL thing, right? It's like, this is a fish. In the next few minutes, I'm going to show you how this fish will get you laid yeah. more oh, than anything else. I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. But even like, you could, you could say something like that, and there might be no explanation for the fish later on in the video, and the person who's watching the video probably won't even know or won't even remember that there was even a fish. Right, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, so if people do want to learn more about you, man, it's the themarketingmoron.com, right? Yeah, the marketing moron. Make sure you put a the at the beginning. The because some yeah, the marketing moron. Because some moron. Some guy, Yeah, some other moron squatting on marketingmoron.com and won't sell it to me no matter what. I've been trying to buy it for ten years. So. No, sir, I got mine. I think I've got uh, I got the McMethod. It's the same problem. I'm like, man, the McMethod. I was like, oh, McMethod. And I'm like, the McMethod. You know, the McMethod. I've got a back order yeah. on McMethod.com as well now. So like, same kind of deal, man. Someone else is sitting on it, and they're not selling it. So, yeah. anyway, man. All right, Matt, man. Thanks for coming on and having a yeah, just casual chat about email marketing. Yeah, no problem, man. It's fun. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more. Oh,